Recorded live from not the Fetter Building, the fabulous Fetter Building in Rochester, New York, this is Transformation Thursday, special COVID-19 edition. I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her as well. And this is a first, well, second for us, but we are in quarantine separately from each other. That's right. So we are oh, we are staring at each other across the ether from our own COVID-free bunkers, mine in uh, Swilberg and yours in Arondequoit? Yep, I'm in the northwest corner of West Arondequoit, about a, mile, about a mile from the lake. It was nice up there today. Did you go up and take a walk up there? Yep, went around one of the lakes off of the lake, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I do understand what you're saying about that. Yeah, how were, the, how was people out, were there a lot of people out there? Were you able to maintain uh, safe distance? But the interesting thing about that is, is once I got up to the lake, I was absolutely stunned. Like the parking lots were almost full, except hmm. for the middle one. And this time of year, that's very unusual, especially considering it was barely 40 degrees here. Maybe if that. Oh, I don't think it got above, uh, got above uh, in, out of the 30s. Uh, no, I think it was it like was, 35s. It was cold. Yeah, it was very cold, sunny and cold. Yeah. yeah, people don't seem to realize how big of a deal this actually is. And that's frightening. That's the most frightening part of this. Well, what I noticed walking around the lake is like people were not holding hands. People were walking further apart, maintaining distance. And as people pass each other on paths, they stood further away from each other than what I've seen in the past. So I think people just need some time to get outside and enjoy the fresh air. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess, you know, there, there there's so many things about our lives right now that are that are changing. You know, the, the, that's the uh, whole topic of Transformation Thursday. Uh, like, for example, dating as like my uh, my dating app that I use is like, don't go on dates, just use our chat function. So that, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, chatting with somebody, too, that I've dated in the past. And, you know, we're at this point where. You know, we're trying to figure out how to proceed forward. And but with everything going on, it's like, well, we can't get together and actually talk in person, you know, to work on, you know, to work on our relationship and figuring it out. So it's it's just a tough situation. Yeah. And interestingly, I'm getting a lot more uh, since the since the since the coronavirus hit, uh, I've actually gotten more guys reaching out to me than I have in a very long time which I find really interesting. I don't know if they're like, okay, you know, if, if I'm going down, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something that I've always wanted to do or what, I don't know, but, uh, or do someone that I've always wanted to do, but I, but it's really weird to have that happen. I was going to ask, is this an addition to the Schmilf life then? Uh, that might be Schmilf too. Uh, electric Boogaloo. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that I, I, might very well be. And that's another thing that I'm doing. That, uh, I'm, I'm looking at ways of, you know, we're talking about the things that change. I'm looking at ways of putting my shows up on, um, on, the inter on uh, live streaming. I did a, uh, on Saturday night, I did a little 40 minute thing where I just hooked up my, uh, I just, I just went online. I think it was on Facebook live and I did like, uh, I did three stories and I had a, like, I think I had like 30 people, uh, who were watching me and, uh, it was really great. And so now I'm going to try and figure out some way that I can take and do my entire show, uh, my entire shows, uh, live streaming. I got to find a space and all those things, but I've got nothing but time. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's what's the biggest change that you've been feeling so far, Amy? 
Uh, being cooped up. I, you know, I'm one of, I'm a, you and I are both very social people. We get out a lot. We do things within our communities and being here at home has really put a dent in that. And, you know, I, I don't know how to put this without sounding bad, but it's, you know, I'm happy. To, I'm, my living situation right now is I'm living at home with my two kids, which I'm very happy about. And I get to see them on a daily basis, but I'm also at home with my ex-wife. So that presents, you know, its own set of challenges. You know, because we have, you know, our different ways that we go about life. And, you know, now we're here on top of each other all the time. We were just even talking about that, that, you know, it's, you know, when we're busy and going about our lives, we come and go and we don't see each other. But now we're here all the time with each other. And that's that's a new dynamic, not only for us, but for, you know, a lot of people around the world right now. Yeah, that, that the, the, the yin and yang that you got there with your kids and your and your ex, it's like, that's Newton's third law of, of thermodynamics. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah, but, and yeah, and trying to figure out those reactions right now yeah. can be tricky I, because, you know. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, the 18-year-old is, you know, she's in her own world and her own place. And, you know, you have a kid that's home from school that, you know, lives are being disrupted and there's a frustration level with it. And, you know, I would just hopefully nobody does anything stupid because of it. Yeah. And our house where we live is so tiny. It's a, it's a very small house and because all of us are people who like to get out and do things. So it's basically the place where we sleep and eat. And so we've been doing some uh, renovations and reworkings of things. There's a room up upstairs that uh, is basically where the kids put the stuff when they came home from college. And uh, it used to be when they were really young, we called it the Tiki Room. And that was where they would hang out and play. But then they got older and they weren't doing that. So they uh, went upstairs uh, this weekend and like cleaned up that and took a, to cleaned up a lot of stuff, uh, brought another TV up there, brought some chairs up there. And now there's an upstairs parlor and a downstairs parlor in our house. And so it's great because now they're upstairs and I can do this in the downstairs parlor. And that's really cool. Yeah, so that's we, yeah. But let's let's talk. How do you feel? I mean, do you feel okay? Do you feel like you've got anything? I have seasonal allergies, you know, and I have had those for a few weeks before this. That's the tough part. So, you know, if you sneeze, you cough, everybody starts looking funny at you now when you're in the grocery store and you're like, no, really, I have seasonal allergies. I've been buying Sudafed for weeks. Yeah, my, my, my son is the same way. Um, I'm disgustingly healthy. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, that's just not just now, but historically, I I, I don't get sick. I have a, a for no damn reason that I can think of. I have a pretty strong constitution, uh, which makes no sense because for most of my life, I treated my body like it was a rental. But uh, for what? But the other thing about me besides that is I'm also a hypochondriac. So whenever I read you about hypo the, I've never realized that about you. Yeah, I'm a, well, I, 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 I'm a hypochondriac in recovery, let's say. I'm, I'm like, I'm old enough that I know when I'm doing it, usually. But uh, it, it's it, with, you know, the anxiety that I have now. So if I'm reading about this guy and he's saying, like, it started out as a sore throat and then I could feel my lungs and a headache. And I'm like, well, I've had headaches. Uh, I can feel my lungs right now. And all of a sudden I'm spinning. I said, oh, my God, I've got I've got the Rona. I've got the Rona. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. I, I don't know. Even if I get the Rona, um, 
hopefully that const my, my strong constitution will make it just a minor thing and we'll we'll go on to doing this uh in, in the same way that we always have uh, assuming that uh emergency laws don't get passed to make the way we always th did things change anymore well and i think that's the interesting thing you know i was reading an article today you know on unexpected life changes and how everything evolves in the world and you know changes change and this is part of the transformation of our society and i think it's going to accelerate it at some point now how it how it changes we won't know until the future until it's here but it's definitely changing life changed after the spanish flu 100 years ago and it's definitely going to change after this too so it's how we react to it and as we always say change is just an, an inevitable part of life and we just have to roll with it. Yeah, it's neither good nor bad. It nearly, it merely is, and I agree with that. Uh, it, it, I, and I had been saying to to my kids and other people, life as we know it is over. What's going to come next is can either can you know if good or bad. There'll be things that are good, things that are bad. Uh, my my biggest fear about that mostly is legislating uh, restrictions, like in, in Idaho. Well. Yeah, the Idaho is just a really weird situation now. You know, the whole nations in the world is dealing with COVID-19, but literally in the confusion of all this, Idaho decides to pass a transgender athlete ban for high school age kids. And so it's just frustrating as heck. And the legislature there, I don't know if the governor's going to sign the bill. I haven't read it. I haven't been able to get a beat on that. How about you? Uh, everything, it's, all signs point to yes. My, my magic eight ball says all signs point to yes. Uh, he is yeah. not really an ally. So, no. Uh, and, yeah, and the thing is that there's, there was not an issue. They just... There, there was there was no transgender athlete who was trying to get on a a a, a like there were no trans male athletes or no trans female athletes that were trying to get on either one. They just went ahead and did this. Uh, so it's, it's like they're they're solving a uh, uh, they're they're causing a problem, not solving a problem because there was no problem there. Yeah, they're they're they created a solution to a problem that didn't exist. Yeah, most transgender athletes are middle less like most athletes are middle of the road. Yeah, and um, you have a friend. Um, I'm, trying have a to think, I'm trying to think of her name, who's a long distance runner. Yep, uh, and uh, she's she works real hard and she trains real hard, but she's you know aggressively middle aggressively average in her running, and she's straightforward about that. Most are, some are not, and it's that that and that is beyond just gender and beyond body makeup yeah uh, it's, it's something to do with a mindset as much as anything else and that's not something that uh, being a being transgender will add or subtract to yeah and i had a family member last year who got on my case for signing up in a local 10k here as a female and i had to remind this person that most running races the requirement for that is that you've been on hormones for one year and at that point, I was about one week shy, so I just rolled with it anyway. But my point of the matter is, and you know, they were trying, they were challenging me, saying, "Well, is it fair for you to be running as a female?" And I said, "Well, let me let me break this down for you. There were ten women that were forty-five to fifty in my age bracket that were running this race. I finished eighth out of ten. 
I didn't take any prizes, any ribbons away from anybody. I just went out and had fun and signed up with my proper gender and my age group and ran my race. That's it. That's great. Okay, I'm going to pause right here to let you know that uh, my my uh, Tascam's battery just died, so it stopped recording. Everything's still recording okay where you are? All right. So, all right, let's continue on then. And, uh, yeah, they... That's that's the issue that I come I see more often than not with uh, with transphobes is that they that it just feels like they're trying very hard to cause a crisis where there is no crisis. Well, and we've talked and about oh that's yeah. worrisome to me. Well, not only that, but we've also talked about this in other episodes. There's this sense of the this, this passes a sniff test for your average social media reader that will scroll through facebook and see transgender athletes have some sort of supernatural ability that makes it unfair against cisgendered females and that's just not the case and so but people see that and they don't really understand the science and the nuances of this issue and this is a lot deeper than just a headline on social media yeah. And you had, you said, all right, supernatural there, you know, that's, that's the only thing supernatural about us is that we're both really fabulous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, but that's the thing. It's, it's supernatural means outside of nature and the fears that they have are outside of nature, outside of the reality of the, the transgender experience and the reality of just about any experience. And, and I don't understand because I know there's, you know, some different thoughts on this. And I know from my own personal experience that my strength and my endurance and my running ability has slowed since I've started HRT. And I also know that, you know, the muscle tissues in my body are more that of a female now after almost two years on hormones and yours would be the same as well. And so I understand that, but where I don't understand the science of this is okay. So if I start with more muscle mass and different hip bones and everything else, like you hear Joe Rogan talk about, you hear other pundits talk about when they're talking about transgender athletes, especially those like us who are male to female, you know, I don't know that full science and I will get random messages from people like, Oh, well, how do you feel about this? I don't know. I have other things in my life to worry about other than this topic. Yeah. My, the, the thing that I've seen a lot of times that just silences them is when, when they talk about this, uh, I'll say, oh, so you are for uh, early intervention, pre-puberty pre intervention on trans children then, so that they don't get the wrong, uh, the wrong uh, hormones into their bodies? Yeah. And that, if, if you, so it's like one or the other, because, you know, uh, and I would prefer to be the other, I, I would have, I would prefer that every trans kid who knows they're transgender before they hit puberty gets the ability to uh, transition physically, uh, biologically with the proper hormones. Yeah. I, would, I hate to have them have to see their bodies change in ways that cause dysphoria. Well, and you look at us, I mean, at our age, when we transitioned, I mean, and you have a t-shirt that, you know, survived testosterone poisoning, right? Well, no, no, my, I, I didn't get that one. Mine says, oh, you didn't uh, get that one. I got the one that said straight out of testosterone. Yeah. And so, but I've also seen some that said, you know, survived Sur testosterone poisoning. And yep. 
And if you look at it from our perspective, testosterone is poison in our systems because of the dysphoria that it creates within us. And now that we're on the proper hormones, I don't have dysphoria. I don't have anxiety. I don't have the depression that I had before. I have this amazing peace and content. And, we, and we've addressed this as well is, it's not, it's not hard being transgender. What's hard about being transgender is society's reaction to us as transgender people. Absolutely. Um, and I hope that that, cha- that doesn't change uh, other than uh, in, in positive ways uh, moving forward. This really is going to be a sea change moment. It's going to, uh, there, there's uh, a, a lot of people who are recognizing that things that they have been told are not true. This is, I, I saw somebody called this America's Chernobyl, you know, where, did you see that HBO show, Chernobyl? No, I never did see that. I know I need to figure out a way to watch it. I mean, I've heard fantastic well, you've things got about time. it. Yeah, I do have time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really fantastic. And I was in the Soviet Union uh, about uh, less than a year before that happened. So and and the and and so I'm familiar with the way the Soviet system was and the basic the, the basic bottle line for everybody was you cannot embarrass the state you cannot go against the state if the state says this is the way it is even if it is not then that's the way it is uh, and that's very much uh, the uh, the the attitude of the Trump administration where if he says you know there's a there was a hurricane going into uh, Alabama, even though the weather people are going, well, there wasn't, you know, he draws the Sharpie on that and says, no, it's going to hit this part. And it's just the, 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 the complete dis, dis, uh, whatever the uh, rejection of reality, yeah, yeah, disinformation, rejection of reality, uh, is hopefully that's going to stop now with, you know, and hopefully it'll not cause too many, too much damage and too many deaths. So that's where we are right now, I think. Well, yeah, and the crazy thing, too, is, you know, we talk about the Trump administration and how they're handling everything right now. I would just really prefer if they stop calling it the China virus. Oh, that's definitely a racist thing. He didn't start, he didn't call it the China virus until about uh, three weeks after uh, after he started first calling it the coronavirus. And that is, del- that is deliberate because the Trump administration is nothing without somebody to point the blame at. And you can't point the blame at a virus. So they're going to point the blame at China, which is ridiculous because the Chinese, uh, the Chinese uh, version of the CDC was in contact with the American version of the CDC months and months ago and saying this needs to be taken care of. And the head of the CDC had his uh, chief of staff talk to the chief of staff of the White House saying this is an, this is a very serious thing and they were ignored. There is a paper trail. There is there is marks all the way that this was completely ignored. But what Trump is going to do is he's going to point the finger at the Chinese to try and get out of this. And if you notice during the press conferences over the last week, if you've paid attention to him, how so much, especially in the front part of the press conference is people building up President Trump, paying him compliments, and then getting into everything. You know, this is kind of a pattern that he has, that he has to have this positive attention directed at him. And if he doesn't, he goes off. Yeah, and it's it's all hail our great and glorious leader. It's right out of the, uh, the, the uh, communist, uh, the Stalinist playbook. Yeah, well. So that's, that's where they are. And we can't live like that. And no. 
Go ahead. No, I was just, I was just agreeing. We can't. Yeah. You know what we can do, though? We can what? hunker down. We can stay safe. We can continue making programs like we're doing right now. And people will hopefully, you know, maybe one of the minor pluses to this is we'll get a larger listening base because we're pretty damn fantastic, Amy. I think so, too. You know, how come we don't have a guest tonight, Penny? Oh, that's because uh, I believe the, the guest that we had may be coming down with something. Yeah, we're not quite sure what, but um, they called in sick. So right. we're and in this day and age, even over Zoom, if you don't feel yeah. well, take take the night off, right? Yeah, and it was it's it's uh, I'm I'm going to say her name was Madeline Smith. We love Madeline Smith. She's a comedian uh, from Rochester who's uh, started making a name in New York City for herself. Brilliant and hilarious woman, and so yep. uh, we'll have her on again sometime soon. Um, yep. We've got a lot of really interesting guests coming up here that uh, we will be able to talk about later on. Yeah. But for now, I think it's time to say goodbye, Amy, because I still have to make my dinner. Bye. Have a great night, everybody, and thanks for listening to Transformation Thursday. Good night. To financially support Transformation Thursday, go to TransformationThursday.com and that will bring you to our Patreon page. Once there, click on the Become a Patron button. You can also follow us online on Facebook. You can follow us by searching for Transformation Thursday Podcast. And please join our private Facebook group by searching Transformation Thursday on Facebook. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at TransThursPod. To make sure you stay up to date with all the latest episodes, please subscribe to the Transformation Thursday Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google podcast or wherever you get your podcasts on apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and a short review it's free and it does help get transformation thursday out to a larger audience finally transformation thursday is copyrighted material all rights reserved 2020